0: Dooms and thunder listeners, uh welcome back. Welcome back all you patient listeners to the New Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective, so put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and it feels so good to finally be back on the air after all this time. We didn't mean to worry you, we've just been hard at work renovating the bar these past couple of months. We've installed new light fixtures, a bougie stone bar top, and a new magic jukebox that the vendor promised isn't haunted by the soul of a goth girl like the last one was in any case we promise that this new and improved tnt isn't our version of new coke we aren't rolling out a new team and a new era just so you'll hand us fistfuls of money to bring the og pod back no this is the mountain dew baja blast tnt a work of art or at least i think so uh please do the do responsibly Uh, Yeah, Kaylin's giving me a look. Oh, yes. And speaking of changes, we have a new team on the airwaves. We all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business. So I found a new resident mixologist who's agreed to keep me company for the next 20 seasons of the show. And she is...
1: Already exhausted. I'm Kaylin, your mixologist.
0: And our guest today is a UK-born, Seattle-bred singer-songwriter known for his, quote, stomping, swaggering rock and roll. After a couple of false starts early in his career with the band Sleeper Cell and Dive Bella Dive, his solo debut, Glitter and Gold, shot him into stardom to the tune of over 200 million streams. He's since racked up both critical acclaim and a worldwide fan base with hits like his song Fire, which you may have heard in the shows Teen Wolf, Lucifer, and Safe, among others, and 99, which lit up the alternative airplay charts. And just like us, he's entering a new era. For his forthcoming album, he's cooked his many eclectic obsessions, which include the writings of Oscar Wilde, Ancient Mythology, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show, obviously, into an elaborate narrative that I'm dying to hear all about. He's here today to talk about our first taste of this world and to share a cocktail celebrating new beginnings. Tunes and tumblers, fam, please welcome Barnes Courtney to the pod.
2: Aha! Take that, society. <laughs>
0: Thanks I for so joining like- us. I I know that it's been a little bit of a a rough one today. When we were trying to I mean like we've all been on the struggle bus today. Like we we struggled for 15 minutes to get the um recording up and going, but what what have you been dealing with over these past few days?
2: Just sort of an existential crisis of doubt and uncertainty from which I fear I'll never return. And also, I've had a tremendous fever and just been absolutely fucked. I'm running off the fumes from an oily rag right now.
0: Ooh. <sighs>
1: struggle bus indeed
0: yeah well be careful not to ignite that oily rag yeah stay away from fire (laughs) especially because we're soaking ourselves in alcohol today yeah we are I, before we get started i wanted to ask i know that barnes is short for barnaby is that right correct and our colleague alana who interviewed you i think like three-ish years ago wrote something about you being named after a, a clay bear is that what clay, is that all about
2: bear 70s bear that my mom would watch before swimming when she was five and she uh, she never got over it and so that's my name
1: that's adorable Oh my God! It
2: there was a singing bear in the circus who sang a song at the beginning of every episode about how his voice would lead into fame, and and mm. he, was sort of like, he took lessons from the Bird King.
0: Oh man, that's so a self fulfilling prophecy. So, who is your Bird King then?
2: I don't know. Perhaps everyone is my bird. Perhaps the bird king was in my heart all along.
0: (laughs) The bird king was the friends we made along the way. I really like the bird king. I'm going to remember that. Can I be the bird king?
1: You can. You can be whoever you want to be.
0: We're updating your Wikipedia to call you the bird king. It'll redirect. If you search for bird king, it'll send you to Barnes Courtney. Love it. Well, I think we should probably get to the show. We've all been floundering in obscurity a bit recently and I think it's time we dusted ourselves off and caught up a little bit. What has everyone been listening to lately?
2: There's a track that's i been in my head like every single day since I heard it, and I can't believe it's so underrated. It's by this band called Wilma, W-I-L-M-A-H, and it's called Television. It's got such a good hook in it, it's, it's just stuck in my head, and yet they have no plays and barely any followers.
1: Don't you listen to Wilma? I do. I also, another song you might really like from them is some Saturday Morning Cartoons. I think I actually put one of their songs on our YBLT playlist at one point.
0: You know, I've been listening to a lot of music in the past month, but not as much as I usually do. Uh, On repeat, I've had Megan Thee Stallion's new album. I tried out the new Five Seconds of Summer at one point, and I revisited Kendrick Lamar's Damn because I was in Franklin Village the other day, and somebody had stenciled the album onto the sidewalk. And I'm like, oh, I haven't listened to Damn in a while, so I did that. But if I'm being really, truly honest, I've been spending most of my listening time not listening to music, by listening to the audio book novels of Tim Dorsey. I don't know if you've heard of this guy at all. He's this extremely prolific writer. He writes like one book a year and they're all loosely connected. They are black comedies set in South Florida. It's basically Florida Man, the series. It's just wild murders and ridiculous slapstick antics. And it has like the same anti-hero. His name is Serge Storms. He's just going through the state He's like this really smart manic murderer who's just traveling with his Watson type character, killing people he thinks deserve to die because they're assholes or they're like taking advantage of people or various things. You're giving me a look. I, you know, I'm like twelve books in at this point, and I think over like the past four months, I've listened. Or not even the past four months, the past month, I've listened to four of them.
1: Needless to say, I'm ready for Anthony to start telling me about a new book.
0: Uh, They're all new books. They have names like Florida Roadkill, Torpedo Juice, Atomic Lobster. What's the one that I'm on? Jellyfish Twist. I I, I think that's what it's called. Anyway.
2: I like Torpedo Juice. That's a good name for a song.
0: Yeah, it's actually the name of this cocktail that his sidekick, who's just like on every drug imaginable all the time... He like mixes together, it's, it's like, will set you on fire. I think there's also like jet fuel and, and mescaline in there. <laughs> oh,
2: mescaline. What drug? I've not heard about that since I read Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley.
1: That does make sense. Wow. Well, I'll, I'll head next because Anthony's been talking long enough. Lil Nas X came out with a new song. Starwalking. I've been playing it a lot. I've been needing some like, I'm going to hit this next day harder. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to get past this bullshit phase of my life that I've been dealing with for the past few weeks. Last episode, I was still like in that I need a hug phase. And now this week, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start wa- riding my bike again. I'm getting out there. I'm hanging out with friends i'm not just wallowing in my bullshit anymore i'm starwalking
0: starwalking that is a good song i liked the, the like the little joke video that he did with that
1: he does so many joke videos it was like oh
2: little well, nose i know that man
1: the, the quintessential black gay man of our of our day. More queer cowboys, it's just, please. It's is
2: so uh, incredible because obviously, you know, in a lot of black culture, it's not been okay to be gay for the longest time. So it's kind of quite refreshing and exciting to see somebody be like, you know, I'm going to make this project gay as fuck and you're going to love it. Mm. It's the, he is like the sort of like uh, equivalent, I think, of of his genre in terms of what he's doing for the genre that like the Bowie was uh, specifically pertaining to like how he's questioning societal norms.
1: Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that artists that do that and that call out, things that are wrong with our society. I think just those so artists much, are putting out such
2: good There's so yeah. much intrigue in just being like exactly what the fuck you are and holding two fingers up to the world, especially when it's a cause that actually matters.
0: Yeah. And then there was that thing recently where he was after, you know, getting all of those Grammy nods, he was completely shut out of the BET awards and he was just like, I don't understand how like my own people and culture can shut me out. And so he made that song with young boy, never broke again. Um, late to the party in parentheses. Fuck B E T. I a-
2: love a bit of revelry. That's yeah. what we need.
1: You mm-hmm. know? We need more fists in the air mm-hmm. uh, and it. middle fingers.
0: Listeners, as a quick reminder, if you want to hear more of what we've had on repeat, we have a much bigger and more eclectic sister playlist for this segment called YBLT. Kalen brought it up. We, we take submissions. It's, You know, like, if you or your friends are making music, or if there's something you're really into, slide into our DMs. Let us know. We will feature it. We will feature pretty much any artist that we find interesting. There's also, it's kind of an eclectic mix of stuff. We have things that I like, things that Kalen likes, things that Nassaya and Drew like, yeah, just go check it out. Why BLT? You will know that you found it when you find a giant sandwich floating in space. It stands for what have you been listening to, but we've really leaned into the BLT aspect of this this thing. Sandwiches for everybody. New music and sandwiches.
2: I love that. So musical feast for the ears and the esophagus.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, we like to quench your thirst and fill your stomach with delicious treats.
0: But I think it's time we showed off these renovations I've been teasing. And in order to do that, the bouncer needs to see your ID, Barnes. Did you bring anything to show him?
2: I did. I received this gift yesterday. And it, it could not be more of an example of the essence of my soul. It's Pokemon Red.
0: Oh, my God, that's the original cartridge.
2: Oh, fancy. From the neon dreams of 1998, over two decades old, more or less a relic by now.
0: <laughs> that It's a classic. I had blue. Caitlin, did you have any? Oh, that's a sad face. I had face. two
1: older brothers that got our PlayStation and our N64 and Sega taken away constantly for their bad grades.
0: So here's the question, Barnes. What starter did you pick?: I think, to be honest,
2: back in the day, like it was yellow version, so it was Pikachu. Mhm The starter that I picked just now was was Charmander, but I've, I've mixed it up, you know? I like to experience every avenue that life has to offer. So I played through that game so many times, you know, I probably could have been a neuroscientist if that game wasn't invented.
0: <laughs> Same. Charmander, I know that in the early game, Charmander is a tough starter to have because like the first gym bosses you're facing are like rock and water which fire does not do well against I, I've, wow, <laughs> I have been around the knowledge.
2: block I know exactly what you're talking about yep. it's Brock and it's Misty baby yeah. you're talking to the right dude
0: yeah if you really want to like go out the gate hard. You pick Bulbasaur. He's a really easy one to start with. Squirtle is like, you know, middle, but Charmander is hard, but he pays off. Like if you get through those first gyms and you evolve him into Charizard, like you are just slaying for the rest of the game.
2: Although how weird does Charizard look from behind? It's it's just, it's off-putting. It's not (laughs) sexy. He (laughs) doesn't look good from the back. He doesn't have any junk in the trunk. He's kind of (laughs) deformed back there. Poor
0: guy. Well, I think our bouncer is super impressed. So he's just going to wave us right in. This man, he is a holdover from the old TNT with our long-departed co-hosts, Pedro and Ryan. They're still out there, but, you know, I'm still sad that they're not here. But yes, this man has been with us since the beginning, and there is nothing he won't accept as ID, and I'm very surprised we still have our liquor license. (laughs) Well, we're in. Welcome to the Toons and Tumblers bar. If it looks fancy, it's because we've had an honest-to-goodness interior designer work on it. And because she's also the mixologist, we didn't have to pay her any more money to do it. I don't get paid any money for any of this. That's how you capitalism, baby. This is how we make the show possible. In any case, I wanted to show you that not haunted jukebox I talked about earlier. Apparently, it's hard to get a magic jukebox that isn't haunted, that it doesn't have a ghost in it. But like I said, the vendor assured me this one doesn't. So without further ado, I'd like to pop in Supernatural by Barnes Courtney to set the mood. The track is out now on Elektra Records. Listeners, this one is a bop and I think it's the right energy to herald the return of this show. You you know so Barnes, you're back with a new look, a new story, and this is boot strutting music. Um I have this playlist of my own called Nothing But Swagger that I put on when I want to feel like a boss and stomp around and Supernatural should honestly be at the top next to the cover art I have of Jeff Goldblum in a leather jacket. It's haunting, it's sexy. It's got a little of that disco flair and it invites you into this new era with uh, a promise of fun. You know, maybe it should be the new TNT theme song. What do you think, Kaylin? I don't know. Well, we can talk about that later. In the meantime, our mixologist... Has slaved over this bougie new bar top for days, coming up with the perfect pairing. What do you have for us today, Kaylin?
1: So I heard that you like Negronis. So this is a little bit of a play did you on. Know that? You don't need to know that. <laughs> we 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 talk to some people. We just we find out your deepest darkest secrets, and then you br- we bring you on to our show just to you know poke at you with them. So what I did was I mixed one part of gin one part sweet vermouth one part campari i created an espresso glitter blackberry ice cube so it's an espresso ice cube with basically glittery blackberry inside of it so when the ice cube absolutely. melts it releases the delicious berry espresso vibes and it kind hey, of that's changes a
2: a mardi grava drink that's absolutely outrageous <laughs> how how you put that together Uh, specifically for this show. How you wrenched that out of the dredges of your mind, I have no idea. Those, Those are my two favorite drinks combined into one. I love a Negroni and I love espresso martinis.
1: I know, <laughs> and I—I I was the oh, asshole that went to Starbucks how you to get espresso. Know these things?
2: I don't just go around like <laughs> sort of reporting my favorite cocktails to the general public. Not that it's a secret. I'm just surprised that you have such a such an in depth knowledge. It's like an, an encyclopedic knowledge of my all of my favorite things.
1: I actually have an encyclopedic knowledge of a lot of things. Uh, it's because I am pure magic. That's why they brought me onto this show. So wait, just the- to create magic
0: with you were, drinks were you the one haunting the jukebox this whole time did we not have to get a new one
1: i will never say
2: <laughs> so, you were valentino
1: you you were the masked
2: magician inside the jukebox
1: <laughs> you know i i i move in mysterious ways and this cocktail as a tribute to your new album i i wanted it to be this you know when i i listened to supernatural probably an embarrassing number of times because it's that good And every time I listen to it it was almost like I found a new part of it that I love even more and this idea of you know relationships not being linear, things changing over time, people coming and going in your life in a big way <coughs> in a meaningful way. you know I wanted a cocktail that embodied that by you know releasing something magical and special as you drink it and changing the flavor along the way and you know you still get those original notes of the Negroni classic flavors, but then you get this exciting sort of new flavor profile as the ice melts. And I'm calling it a new lease on life. That's
0: so in, that's so in depth.
1: I should probably che- we should probably cheers, right?
0: Yes. Well, Barnes, what do you have to drink over there? I, you know, we wish you could be here with us enjoying. We have one more microphone, but you know, Boston is a little far.
1: Oh, you're in God. Where are you guys? We're in sunny Los Angeles.
0: We are indeed.
1: When I was there, I would have loved one of those cocktails. My my, my Next shit, time. Just, a, just a
2: straight <laughs> glass of tequila. Ooh, this is the metaphor woo-hoo. of my life.
1: That's actually a very creative drink to drink when you're, you know, when you're doing a podcast, just just pouring it right into the glass. I think that that simplicity is really, you know, sometimes just what you need. There was an instance when I was creating this that I was like, do I just want to, like, really simplify this? and bring it down to like two ingredients that just sort of really work well. Could
2: I just be a drunk? How far yeah. can I go my liver before I decide that I want to die?
1: I think that's the first thought I always have when I'm creating these magical cocktails is how much liquor can I get in here with getting away with it? But also, what can you do if you don't drink alcohol?
0: Um, and Pilates? That-
1: Lo- Pilates. That's Caleb, a good suggestion.
0: I know that we have a lot of listeners who are sober or underage or both. How would you suggest that we you make one of these if you are not, uh, not drinking?
1: Well, I actually I recently found a delicious clean gin. It's by Clean & Co. They create non-alcoholic spirits that taste basically just the same. And they have these very nuanced flavors to them that give you those same feelings. And a lot of times, you know, I know it's kind of silly to just replace something with something that's a look-alike, but, you know, you can still get the same feelings and the same sort of flavor profiles from these clean alcohol beverages.
0: So it would be blackberry and espresso and
1: the The brand is Clean and Co, and they Clean make and various Co. sponsor us. Uh, spirits Please. that are non alcoholic.
0: Please sponsor us.
1: Yeah, we already got Topo Chico in it.
0: Well, yeah, we <laughs> we need to bring that back as well. But yeah, let's uh, let's toast. I kind of want to talk about this song. So cheers, everybody. Cheers, like, everyone. Clink, digital clink. Uh. <laughs> I like that. It's interesting. It, it, it's definitely has a lighter body than I was expecting. And you're kind of getting like that espresso is coming through really strong at the very end. But also I wanted to take a nap after this. And I don't think I'm going to be able to do that at all.
1: I had Starbucks put 10 espresso shots into a cup for me.
0: Well, maybe don't do that.
1: Well, I needed that much espresso.
0: So we aren't sleeping after this no, at all. No. No.
1: Okay. You know, the the one, one of those those things that you have to consider is how many kinds of stimulants and depressants do you want in your drink? All of them. And I want all Yeah, I want all of them. I want to feel all the feels when I when I drink an alcoholic beverage. I want mm. that first beverage to make my feet feel better and my whole body just feel like magic.
2: I want to escape the crushing realities of day-to-day living and slip into a beautiful stasis, you know, into another realm of inebriation that I need not return from for Mm -hmm. large periods of time. And I can't do that unless my cup is full to the brim with, uh, with alcohol.
1: Exactly. Which is why I made this drink for this particular song is that, you know, this whole new world that we're heading into. Oh
0: yeah. So that's kind of where I wanted to start. We are talking a lot about reinvention we have a new cast, we have a new logo, we have a new direction for the show after a very long time. So it's a time of transition for us, but it's also for you. You've got this new look, you know, you've got the bleached hair, you're, you're starting out a new story with this album. What inspired this transition for you?
2: Um, I think just like, I, I felt creatively like I wanted to do something completely different. You know, I, I love David Bowie and how he just constantly was reinventing himself. I love... Rocky Horror Picture Show and all the theater and all the incredible set designs and it's always something that's really interested me. So I wanted to like take the take the boat out and uh, create something that felt exciting to me.
1: So what is on the slab that we can look forward to?
2: There's a story. It's a secret story that you can only ascertain if you watch all the videos and listen to the lyrics in depth. It's a sort of like Bruce Springsteen born in the USA angle. You know, it's about the Vietnam War, that song, but you wouldn't know it. And a lot of patriots sort of like fist pumpingly sing along. And I think I think that's that's better because the moment that you release a song into the world, it's not yours anymore. You know, it belongs to each individual. And I don't want to sully people's experience by prescribing them exactly the meaning behind the whole record. And also, you know, like they they say that regardless of what you're writing about, you're ultimately writing about yourself. So there's a lot of me and my personal issues and struggles woven into this album, despite the fact there is a narrative.
0: Mm -hmm. And is that kind of different than what you were writing before? Have you changed personally or are you just kind of like drawing from different parts of yourself for this?
2: I've changed tremendously. I don't even recognize myself anymore. You know, I'm just kind of like this transient being just like... Fumbling, stumbling my way through life with little kind of like real personality to go off. I mean, especially now that I'm so ill, I feel like an absolute fucking bag of dicks. Just like a <laughs> big old slimy, sloppy bag of dicks. And, and you're still gonna. And... They dredged up from under the sea, and <laughs> it's all, all the pressure that it was used to has now been released, and its whole face just melts. Oh and my you God. Can just feel. It's depression and apathy kind of like (laughs) melting through every orifice of this being. That's where I'm at right now.
0: So we're getting you at a very specific point in your life. (laughs) Well, you're
2: getting me at a very real moment in my life. The shell's been cracked open, baby. Look, this is what's behind the mask.
0: It's all visceral. We're just bags of meat slowly rotting.
2: Exactly. We're all just sort of slowly awaiting the icy grip of the Reaper. We're made of star stuff. Nothing matters. Our lives are futile. Don't look at me.
0: <laughs> listen to Supernatural.
1: <laughs> Don't look oh, yeah. at him. Just, just listen to the music. <laughs> look at
2: me, but never
0: smell me. I, you know, I want to bring it back a little bit because what you said reminded me of how familiar are you with theories <laughs> of self?
2: Oh, not particularly. Tell me about it. That sounds fascinating.
0: I mean, there's a bunch of different theories about what constitutes like the self. And one that I found really interesting is when the self changes, there's this thought experiment about this man throughout his life. Like he's a small child who ends up breaking a toy and gets in trouble for that. And then he is later in his life, this five-star general who wins this big battle and then at the end of his life he's this old man who's like on trial for for like war crimes or something maybe i'm like bungling the specific things that he's done but the whole point is the general remembers being a kid and do, and breaking the toy but the old yes. man remembers being the general but he does yes. not remember being the boy is the yeah. old man the same person as the boy if he has no continuity of thought till then i mean not
2: necessarily and also remember you know the entirety of our organs and bones replaced every seven years, roughly, you know, it's that age old thought experiment. You know, if you replace parts of a ship one by one Mm -hmm. uh, over the course of a decade and eventually there are no original parts left, is it the same ship? You know, I I, I do believe that our personalities are just these charm bracelets of traits, hand-picked, subconsciously picked or otherwise designed to serve our ego, designed to serve as our map, as our interface, our avatar, if you will, for like how we interact with other humans. But I wonder if deep down we are sort of all ultimately exactly the same, mm. you know, it's kind of like blank slates of consciousness that are sort of, you know, floating about trying to be loved and to love others. Who knows? You know, I'm not arrogant enough to, uh, I'm pretty arrogant, I'm not arrogant enough to <laughs> pretend, but I know exactly how the universe works, but I like that idea.
0: I think uh, in order awesome. to be an artist, you kind of have to be a little arrogant. Absolutely.
2: You know There's- what? Like I, I constantly wish that I was, I was about 70% more narcissistic in this job because it rewards it so heavily. I hate posting on Instagram, you know? I find it absolutely abhorrent to stare into this little, like, dead beady eye of my phone as like, morphed into a digital hunchback. But if I just was sort of a bit more self-obsessive, I'd love it, wouldn't I? Constantly be like, oh, how can I look sexier today? How can I show the world how important and saucy I am? Here's a picture of me in the bathroom in front of the mirror. Look how good I look. <laughs>
1: You know, there's this this thing that you touched on that, you know, if you leave it up to other people, you know, to listen to your music, it's no longer yours. Just like with your personality, every new person that you meet gets a different you. You say different things to different people. You treat people differently depending on the relationship you have with them. So it's like you have all of these shattered personality pieces that each person you've interacted with, including randos on the street that just see you walking by. There's this. Idea of perception of someone's personality from the outside and from the inside.
0: That is such an interesting point. There are as many yous as there are people who you interact with because the idea of you is different in each of their minds.
2: So, uh, you know, you have your mask for your parents, you have the mask for your friends, Mm -hmm. the mask for interviews. You know, it's like sort of an ever changing. We definitely keep a bunch of them in our back pocket. And I think, you know, the masks that we adopt. They, they morph and change over time, as you say. Um, sometimes I miss the version of myself that I was when I was younger, you know? It's more authentic. Uh, recognize that, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, but I do recognize that, um, that I have changed tremendously, you know, as, as I'm sure we all have. So I- certainly agree with that and that's a very sort of large tenant of a lot of eastern philosophy and religion isn't it you know that we are really sort of nothing and everything simultaneously Mm -hmm. that you know this is all just an illusion but what a fun illusion it is i mean you know i love i love the creativity of putting together characters and music and uh and outfits and, and my own sort of facade that is my personality
1: we're all but just we, universe soup. Is that what it's? That's what we would, we're, we're just universe soup. We all are just the same pieces just put together slightly differently. But as we go back down into the, into the ground, we become one with the universe again. And we're our, our yeah. soup, I mean, we become part of the mix of soup again. And- it's
2: the I mean, we're still one of movement, life. Though. Imagine this, you know, Alan Watts, the philosopher, talks about how you can imagine a tree that, that grows apples, a tree, a tree fruits, it flowers, you know, it apples. And he said, by the same token, you can imagine the earth and it peoples, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All the organisms on this planet are kind of just like the fruit of the earth, aren't we, really? It
1: it reminds me of uh, in Solar (laughs) Opposites when they get nervous and they start, like, sweating out these little, like, creatures that come out of their, like, heads as they're sweating. That's what the Earth is. It's just, like, this nervous wreck just sweating (laughs) out people.
2: Well, it has every right to be nervous now that humans have reached their apex, you know? We are big time.
0: You know, have you ever read the source material for Jurassic Park, like the Michael Crichton novel. No. There's this, Ian Malcolm is like on his deathbed, like sweating and just like, you know, spouting these fevered arguments for chaos theory. And at one point, John Hammond, who is very different than he is in the movie, he's kind of like an evil piece of shit in the book. Is just like, when they finally get all the dinosaurs under control, he's just like, um. at least we didn't destroy the world and Ian Malcolm's like what the heck are you talking about humanity will never be able to destroy the world like sure if the dinosaurs got out they would wreak havoc and change the world as we know it but life will continue with or without us yeah that's what that ultimately means it's so I mean, arrogant to will, think that like life will yeah. continue
2: however this sort of like this complex multicellular you know uh, life that we are used to, if we keep fucking around with our ecosystem, will actually take a dive. We're, we're making it so bad that we're at the point now where where plant life may cease to exist. And if that happens, if we lose our flora and fauna, we're going back to tardigrades and amoebas, baby. You know, the whole evolutionary cycle is starting again from the beginning.
1: I just had a, I had a conversation with somebody the other day. I was like thinking, you know, what if I Googled theorists that have figured out when it's all going to go, when it's all going to just pff, implode. And this person, i was speaking with kind of talked to me about it in a different way you know you have to kind of align things in a certain way for it all to explode or implode and it has to be a certain number of events arranged in a certain way and all these things that are happening in our world are kind of just stacking up on each other and at some point it's going to align and it's all just going to crack and shatter
2: yeah wow. i mean we're, we're very reliant on very specific systems mm-hmm. not only in our ecosystem and our weather our climate But I mean, God's sake, if you think the planet's delicate, just wait until you take a look at society. You know, we we had a very, very minor plague in comparison to the Spanish flu of World War One, or uh, you know the bubonic plague yeah. of the Middle Ages, it was extremely mild, and yet it sent our entire world into chaos. It brought the dolphins back, it. though. It brought the dolphins back to Venice. I don't know that really. <laughs> the dolphins have returned to Venice. Nature is healing. Beautiful glassworks making masks, attending balls. <laughs> <laughs> At least, like
1: they,
0: uh, <laughs> at least they're living their best lives. Somebody right? has
1: to. Somebody has to well, live I mean, a good it, life it's, it's while we all live our beauty, shitty lives. Right?
2: Of, of what would happen because humans are not very nice when they're when they're stretched, especially jingoistic countries and these people that maintain ideals of patriotism. I and mean, you know, Trump stole enormous amounts of of masks from Germany, and by "stole" I mean they bought them, and he went in and undercut uh, the price it, rather. He paid it. He stole lower. them. We get it. Know them, And it's just like, you know, wait until that's food or water, and people have to fight for these things. we We saw the first ever example of climate change based refugees with uh with Syria, where unprecedented drought for five years drove the entirety of the farming population into the already turbulent cities, which sort of sparked a looming civil war. And then suddenly all these people are sort of spreading across the continent looking for homes, you'd think that the world in 2020 or 2018, whenever that occurred, would have come together and said, right, you know, let's all get together, all these countries and take a portion of these people. And it's, it's going to be a drop in the ocean for our general population sizes. But no, you know, you saw everyone pushing them away from one place to another, certain countries taking on a huge amounts, most not at all. I mean, that's what's going to get us first, I believe. Before things get so bad that they're uh, terminal, I, I think it'll be the conflict sparked through regional disasters.
1: I just wanted to all end similarly to the Big Bang Theory. I just want it to just... Blink and be done. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with all the pain of it. It's just too much.
2: Is that how they ended Apparently, that sitcom? Very not true. Apparently, they just
0: disproved it with that new
2: telescope. Oh, the did Bang.
0: the Bing Bang not happen? Fuck. This is That's news. They're saying.
2: they're saying conclusively that they they can prove that it didn't happen based on the the movements of celestial bodies in deep space.
0: What is it? The, the the James Webb Telescope. I was about to say the James Beard Telescope, but I'm like the guy rating restaurants is not making telescopes
2: no they just named it after him because yeah. he gave them a very positive review on their <laughs> ravioli Yeah, yep. that's, that guy's all right that james beard guy
1: i'm okay with <laughs> no, that slap his name
2: on the telescope now he's earned it now put it on
0: <laughs> well while the planet is burning you are also making music and i think that i want to spend just a little bit of time talking about supernatural we were talking a little bit before we we really dove deep uh, about change and about whether or not absolute change is possible, or if we hold on to specific parts of yourself. And I kind of came to this point in the bridge uh, where you said, I do believe that's the old me. I'd never leave. Does that mean no matter what? I uh, that-
2: printed those lyrics up wrong. In fact, I, you'd be hard pressed to find a sing- single lyric of mine on the internet that is actually what I've written. It, really? It's infuriating. And this is this is a problem for tons of artists. It happens almost exclusively.
0: This was, I pulled these from Apple Music, so somebody better march on down to Tim Cook's house, knock on the door, and be like, what the heck is up, man? I'm going to text my management right now. I mean, <laughs> God damn
2: it! I'm constantly saying this, and that, you know, and then I feel like, oh, I'm you know, I'm being a diva, but no, it's, it's that's slay to your art. Here. So yeah. what is
0: the lyric there?
2: It's, uh, I do believe Uh, I'll never leave. Mercy on me.
0: Really?
1: Huh. Mm. That makes much more sense. (laughs) It does make much more sense. (laughs) We always like to have a good- People people
2: make their own sense about whatever lyrics they think are playing. But it it annoys me that the establishments, the established music platforms have my lyrics wrong as well. Across almost every single song on my records Hmm. and a number of other musicians I've met.
1: Maybe it's, are you writing it by hand and they just can't read your handwriting? (laughs) i'm sending it in emails and texts <laughs> you know nobody so, reads their emails fully oh. they skim over it and then
2: <laughs> it's basically the whole song is just a cautionary tale it's a glam rock cautionary tale of love and lust you know mm-hmm. a little busting of disco in there in the was it and- was
1: it about anybody specific because it sounded a lot mm-hmm. like you were you were really holding on to somebody in there you know and they kept coming in and out of your life in a way that was so intense and almost traumatic well,
2: uh- <laughs> it's about my ex-girlfriend uh who i adore and i'm still friends with now um who is just a a formidable woman not to be trifled with Mm. and i like that about her you know i i enjoyed that she's sort of like uh beautiful and terrifying in equal measure you know
1: hi i'm kaylin i do the same thing (laughs) yeah right we're all a little bit scared
2: and uh yeah I mean it's a, it's a crazy story you know crazy crazy story I mean I, I met her about two weeks before I got dropped from Island Records and then I moved into this place she was living in in Kensington London and it was like this beautiful like multi-million pound three-story apartment like on the top floor oh being paid for by a like, Dubai oil baron and um, you know he would like come back at three in the morning because he suspected somebody was in there and he'd like knock on the door but be like I'm here motherfuckers and I'm like oh my god like packing <laughs> all my shit up having like <laughs> places at the bus stop at three am you know calling everyone on my contacts list and then me and this this girl had this like crazy volatile relationship where she'd call me up and be like baby like if you don't get back here in two hours i'm taking all your things and i'm throwing them in the front garden and you hurry up because it looks like it's gonna rain
1: i love (laughs) her i love her so much
2: (laughs) we were we were good for each other you know like she she made me more assertive and i made her more sort of in touch with her emotions and, and softer it was a good union and uh and she, i mean i think whereas many of her previous partners had kind of erupted into these uh horrendous arguments and shouting matches like i'm a very sort of chill individual so i, I just found it hilarious you know I, just, I couldn't help but laugh
1: it reminds me a little bit of that uh that movie alfie where yeah, he basically that. meets this woman at this New Year's Eve party, and she is just this dreamy, gorgeous, woman of anybody's dreams kind of a person. And then all of a sudden, these little, like, outbursts come out, and it becomes this very volatile relationship that they're in, but he still, like, adores her. And then it just, you know, things just got too crazy. And I think for for some people that, you know, if both sides aren't really the type that are, you know, I just want to listen to you, and I want to be heard... And we can have a good back and forth conversation. Some people just want to fucking yell. I have those days. We all get to a 10 and we need to just be at a 10.
2: You can become addicted to the the neurochemistry that produces anger mm. or anxiety.
1: Yes, yeah,
2: absolutely. You can become steadfast in your neural pathways, unable to sort of deviate from them. Very, very difficult sometimes that stuff. But yeah, with this lady, I, I just, um, you know, I kept coming back. I kept, dis- despite my uh, my better judgment, I just kept coming back. Uh, and it was lovely and, uh, and traumatic, uh, all at the same time.
1: We've all been there. We've all gone back for somebody at some point. Relationships aren't linear.
0: Mm hmm. Absolutely not. Well, you know, we're kind of coming up to the end of the interview sec- segment, but I wanted to ask you a question because I read the interview that Alana did with you um, back when your last album came out. And I know that apparently you won an award in high school that was created just for you. If that's not a sour memory, are you able to like tell listeners what that was all about?
2: I mean, initially, on the face of that, statement it sounds like an incredible honor but the award was actually the I am not aware of what planet I'm on award <laughs> and if it was made specifically for me. You know? Was it uh was it unprecedented? I don't think so. I think it was uh incredibly apt.
1: I love that. I mean it I mean, kind of does nice place, you
2: know but I wouldn't want to live there.
0: Yeah sometimes you need to be away from that I think and I think that people are sometimes threatened by nonlinear thought like for some reason we all need to be where you are but no i'm i'm busy thinking about the migratory patterns of sparrows or whatever it was that you said
1: well i think in general we doing. We're given oh, these boxes <laughs> like I think it's like when you're born, you get this box from society and that box is based on all sorts of bullshit, your skin color, your genitals, all these things. You know, you get this box and society puts you in that box. And if you deviate my, from that box out of this box. Right. And if you deviate from the box, people don't like get it back in the box. Yeah. And they're like, well, you're you're just not Which from this planet. Get back in that box.
2: Yeah. <laughs> get them back stuff them in there.
1: Yeah. That's basically God. what society does. And then they call you out for being not of this world, but really you are. You're just not in the box that they gave you when you were born.
2: Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I love the young people.
1: You might wanna you might want to take another sip of that booze. It'll it'll help you know the you? it'll help the throat. I'm
2: absolutely <laughs> fucking trolloped.
1: We should send him some of Wait, your special you- soup, Anthony.
0: Yes. And you are you still gonna perform tonight? I never cancel a show
2: ever. The only shows I've canceled have been ones that have been due to like COVID, you Mm -hmm. know, or like the label forgetting that I don't just have like a hundred grand of my own money to spend on the tour. And like, oh, we thought you were paying for it. You know, it's like stuff that's out of my control. Um, How do you get through that?
1: Like, how do you get through a performance when you feel like total trash? I just fucking just go out
2: there, you know, and just see. I mean, you can you can draw from it. You know, you can create a character around it and like play like the really fucked up guy (laughs) in a compelling way. You know, Um, you put that mask
1: on. Everybody's just going to get that version.
2: You know, it's uh It's a mask and it's also a connection to something that feels as though it exists in like some other realm that you're pulling down from. And it's a connection to the audience, you know, it's sort of like a golden stream of light that sort of connects everyone's hearts all together. All singing, all dancing, hearts beating, hallelujah, you know, a very specific thing that happens between artists and fans you're actually kind of like not strangers for a moment and people want to go backstage and touch that they want to they want to see more of that but the moment that i step off the stage and they get off that dance floor like we're just two strangers again and all the all the magic is up there you know
1: yeah, we uh want to be
2: backstage side stage watching from behind the drum kit but the whole magic trick is designed to be looked at from the audience uh there is no more if you go behind and sort of like look too closely at what the magician's doing, then you're gonna ruin the whole deal. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You're not supposed to go backstage at Disneyland, everybody. Yeah, (laughs)
2: Yeah,
0: you don't wanna know what's back there.
1: Walt doesn't want you to see backstage.
2: Just his cryogenically frozen head spouting racial slurs for a bunker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We actually, we went to Life is Beautiful Festival and it was kind of this crazy thing of when you're there in the crowd and you're listening to this artist performing live, it's different than when you're listening to it in your car It's different than when you're listening to it really anywhere else. It's a different experience and you get to connect with this artist while they're performing what they created in front of your face and there's nothing else like it. And then you go to your next thing and you see the artist just standing in the crowd and you're like, oh, they're just a normal person. This isn't really magical anymore. And it does kind of like ruin that magical
0: moment. I don't think it ruins it.
1: It changes it, though. It changes yeah. your perspective, like, you know, to see these people that you just were, you know, ultimately worshipping for, like, you know, however long their set was. You worship this person for an hour, and then you see them walking
0: around on the street, and you're like, oh. It's the cult of personality, yeah, as like, Living it's Color like once Star said. Wars
2: ends, and then you see Chewbacca unzip his suit, <laughs> go and have a coffee, you know? <laughs> like... It's, it's not meant to be seen. Oh and Prince God. was really good at maintaining that illusion. You know, mm-hmm. he would invite people to basketball games uh, and then have an, a secretary call them up like three weeks later. And then they'd arrive and he'd appear from nowhere in, like a puff of smoke in a full velvet purple suit. Absolutely destroy them. And then they'd like look over somewhere for a second, turn back and he'd be gone. he just have disappeared. You know, like it's we we are in the business of attention. We're in the business of illusion. And it's important to keep that up as much as possible um, because that is our chosen job.
0: That is all to say, listeners, go out and see Barnes Courtney on tour this fall. It's going to be magic whether or not he's running a 103 degree fever. Yeah, he doesn't cancel a show, y'all.
2: My life as I was last night. It was. I thought I was going to go to the hospital. I couldn't oh breathe. I couldn't stand up. Uh, I couldn't speak. I couldn't even watch TV. I was just like sat there like awaiting the sort of fate. of uh, of death.
0: You were just waiting for the reaper. Please don't die before the album comes out. It's too early for you to have a posthumous release. Uh,
2: Don't worry, they'll they'll exploit it if I die. They'll they'll still put it
1: out. Oh yeah, it'll be way, it'll, you know how Van Gogh, how Van Gogh went. Yeah, You will live
0: forever.
2: It's such a schizophrenic record. So ADD, that album. It's all over the place.
0: Do we, can, is there anything you can tell us on the show about it that uh, hasn't already been shared or is it still just very hush hush?
2: It's just like just an absolute clusterfuck of my brain. You know, there's like Supernatural doesn't sound like any other song on the record. You know, mm-hmm. there's like a, an Iggy Pop punk song, a Springsteen song, like a, a blissed out sitar indie song. Um, so I don't know. If you're following breadcrumbs of Supernatural, uh, you will find a sort of like menagerie of different bits and bobs, but hey, it's a pure expression of my brain. So
1: I just want to know if Tim Curry shows up anywhere.
2: I would love that. I would love it if Tim Curry showed up in my dreams.
0: For- <laughs> Wait, yeah, it's do- hard to book him he in your doesn't?
1: dreams. <laughs> he doesn't show up in your dreams.
2: No, well, not on
1: command.
0: Mm. No, you have to talk to his manager first, and then he'll make a dream appearance. All right. You got to talk to the
1: Sandman, actually. Mm hmm. That's how that I works. just want him to
2: bless me, you know, with his astral arms through the realms of my psyche at night.
1: I just want him to give me a light kiss on the forehead and
0: lipstick. Yes. Oh man. All right. Let's like, finish um, this. Let's finish this show I'm because I'm getting a little hot and bothered. The, the Tim Fuck Curry. <laughs> I love that you can
1: because you're from the UK. You can do that that Tim Curry accent. <laughs> it's
0: really his accent. Isn't
1: it? I. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, everyone. It's it's at the end of the interview, but before we go, we would like to play our favorite game. Who's ready for a little round of hashtag mood? What's six, your mood? Uh, What's your mood? As always, we got to thank Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty for gifting us that beautiful hashtag mood theme song. What is hashtag mood, you ask? It's the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. What we're going to do is go over to the Tunes and Tumblr's inbox where a fan of the show or a fan of Barnes Courtney will have left us a message. We also have been recently taking DMs on Instagram. so. A lot of those have been coming in that way. Our producer, Drew, picked out a couple for us to work with today. This first one comes to us from Instagram from at Abby Elsh. I hope that I said that right. Here we go. Like my brain is spent and I can nap happy at Abby Elsh. Like I'm spent and I can nap happy. Mm. I think we're all there right now, aren't we? Mm Mm-hmm. So she said
2: her brain is spent and now she can nap happy. Because her brain can no longer keep her awake at night with intrusive thoughts of that (laughs) embarrassing joke she told at the Christmas party.
0: Oh, wow. So you know her pretty intimately. So you can just drift. That makes it sound like we're lovers. (laughs) You can be intimate with somebody that you're not physical with. I'm intimate with quite a few people, I think. Don't get any ideas. All right. So what songs match this mood? And also, Drew will cut out all the dead space here.
2: I got a bunch of those. Let me take
0: here
1: take your time we'll we'll snap back in once we once we've figured it out.
2: ask for love by joey pecoraro
0: Mm, good one let me see uh the one that i'm thinking of off the top of my head is from the shrek 2 soundtrack one of the best soundtracks of all time obviously smash mouth (laughs) yes not just smash mouth there's also some tom waits on there there's some nick cave and the bad seeds and also a song from Eels called "I Need Some Sleep." Um, There's
2: a little song on there. Wow.
0: Yeah, those like the like the Twilight soundtracks. They are fire. Whether or not you like the movie,
2: everyone likes a bit of Twilight.
0: <laughs> I just had this conversation with somebody at work yesterday about how the Twilight movies are his favorite movies. Not because they're particularly good, but because they're the most fun movies he's ever seen. And you know,
2: not because they're easy,
0: but because they are hard. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes You Need That. Kaylin, have you thought of anything?
1: Well, Sleep Forever by Portugal. The man is probably the best song I could come up with for that because it's literally just all about not needing... Not needing people, not needing anything, and you just want to sleep forever. You don't want to see tomorrow. And, you know, just being in that place of just being able to just kind of let go and just fade away. It's I I have narcolepsy, and so I'm one of those people that sometimes just has to accept that, like, I need to just let go of whatever I'm working on and just take a rest and sleep and be at peace with it.
0: Well, we have one more mood that I'd like to get to because Drew took the time to pick it out for us. And this comes to us also from Instagram, a fan of yours, Barnes, who goes by at some call me hey. So, what does some call me hey have for us today? The weirdly specific kind of sad that makes you go out and have reckless fun at some call me hey. The weirdly specific type of sad that makes you want to go out and have reckless fun.
2: I guess you're going out because, uh, you know, you want to make yourself feel better, mm-hmm. and you're being reckless because you're like, "Ah, oh, fuck it, everything's fucked. Fuck it, I may as well take a piss on the bar and sort of like, you know, fondle this dude's cock and balls <laughs> without his knowledge.
0: <laughs> without his knowledge, I think at some point you're gonna know that your cock and balls are being fondled. Yeah, we can swear on this show. I, I think I should have mentioned that earlier, Drew. Keep Is that cock in. And
2: balls a swear word when you put those two together? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because then you're just describing anatomy. But like if somebody's being a cock, okay, did you have to bleep that out, Drew? Was that just bleeped? I don't know. Caitlin, do you have anything for this mood?
2: I've got one immediately.
1: Let's let's go with yours. You're the guest. The um
2: the cover by the band Pig of the Grease song hopelessly devoted to you. <laughs> Love it. It's like just this really fucking like strung out like heroin chic fucked guy just be like hopelessly devoted to you. Ah.
1: Just letting all the inhibitions go. <laughs> uh, so I've selected "Never Going Home" by Hazel English. Um, you know, you don't you don't wait up for somebody that's that's gotta just go out and and let loose. You know, they're. They're just going to satiate themselves and they're going to go crazy and they're going to go for the race and go hard. And you may not see them even the next day. It's turned into a bender at that point.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, my God. I It just came to me. I actually have two. Um, I want to start with the one that I just got hit with. Um, Chandelier by Sia. People mistake that song for being this really celebratory, I'm going to go out and have lots of fun. But she repeats in the pre-chorus, one, two, three, drink, one, two, three, three, drink. She's caught in this cycle of like depression where she has to self-medicate by drinking and partying. And so when she's- Oh my
2: God. Yeah. There's a cry for help all along? Yeah. I, like, and it like, oh, Sia, I, I such I, a feminist. I heard that
0: take recently and I'm like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. But yeah. So that's why I choose that one. But also a little more fun one is the recent song by L King and Miranda Lambert called drunk and in parentheses. And I don't want to go home. Yep. Yep. That's
1: self-explanatory for
0: sure. Yeah.
2: there's Another one as well. Um, What's that song? You used to get it in your fish nets Now you only get it on the night. Never done no, Just a nice nurse. Oh, you. We just. All oh, the boys are like
1: slack. best you I ever just, had. What was it?
2: The lyrics are like really sad. But the music's upbeat and dancey. But the lyrics are the best you, the best memories you've ever had are just a daydream. And those dreams weren't as fast as they seem when you dream them up. It's all about this like woman whose like youth is behind her. And uh, she sort of feels despondent with the rigmarole of her life.
1: Is that is that Arctic monkeys yep okay, yeah because we just saw them and I was like, wait, I just yeah. heard that song like live Florescent
2: Adolescent
0: yeah, I'm like, I'm recognizing Alex Turner's cadence in yeah, these lyrics. Yeah, I was
1: like, wait, you're singing this? And I'm like, I've heard this recently. Yeah, I mean, these, these, these lyrics
2: are super, super depressing, but the song's so upbeat, and I could dance this. And the lyrics are, you used to get it in your fishnets. Now you only get it in your nightdress. Discarded all the naughty nights for niceness. Landed in a very common crisis existential, I'd imagine. Everything's in order in a black hole. Nothing seems as pretty as the past though. That bloody Mary's lacking in Tabasco. Their life has no spice anymore. Remember when you used to be a rascal? You know, it's actually you could sing that as a very slow, sad ballad and it would totally play off.
1: Absolutely. There's a lot of fast-paced songs that are really sad out there right now because it's like you juxtapose that intense, fun, dancy feeling with these really sad, sad feelings cuz We're just kind of trying to medicate ourselves and and escape the SADS. An artist who's really good at that
2: is crashes into us to die by your
1: side is such a heavenly way to die I feel like an operatic version of that would be really cool Mm.
2: yeah operatic.
0: well some call me hey I hope that you enjoyed this playlist that we made for you and would you look at that it is time to close up the new bar I think we had a really good opening night I mean there were only three people in here but that's that's about how many people we've had in here before so we're on track you know we're We're doing doing okay yeah hopefully it'll pay for itself but before we go it's last call does anyone have any lingering thoughts, Barnes? Do you have anything that you'd like to plug for our listeners?
2: Um, please just shamelessly devote yourselves to the tenets of capitalism and buy and stream <laughs> my song. I don't even like music; I just do it for the women and the drugs. And uh, and you could be a part of that. You could help to fund my lifestyle. You and could be one of those women down the rabbit hole of narcissism ever further towards these unhealthy habits that I've been cultivating for a lifetime.
0: One, two, three, drink. One, two, three, drink. <laughs> there we go. Hail capitalism. Thank you so much for being here, Barnes, despite your fever and despite the fact that you have to go on stage pretty shortly. Please get some rest
1: Ugh. and drink more alcohol to, to drown out the six.
0: Yeah. Listeners, if you are sick, please practice some self-care and take some actual medication and don't drink. We just need to say that for, for the lawsuits. For the
2: They used to prescribe heroin for coughs, you know.
0: That's what we need. We need more heroin. <laughs> we need more drugs. Yes, more drugs. Well, thank you, Barnes. We've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for being so lovely. We wish you uh, could be here. And when you're in LA, like have Coco hit us up. Maybe we can mix you one of these.
2: I would love to. I would love that. I love boozing and I love chatting. So I will see you both imminently. I'm sure I'm coming to LA in November.
1: Great. We've got a lot of shows. To see. Everybody's going to be in LA November. A lot of artists are, are <laughs> playing in November. So we're going to have a nice little few weeks of lineups of artists to see and you'll definitely be on that list
0: Huzzah. and thank you all for listening to tunes and tumblers tunes and tumblers is an atwood magazine podcast and a member of the pantheon podcast network be sure to follow us on every platform also please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast it helps us out so much um, and also if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom you'll find a link where you can support the pod every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and keeping drew in the room where he can troubleshoot all of the technical stuff because I don't know how to do that. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by that lovable Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by the band New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood theme song comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And until next time, cheers!
2: Cheers. Cheers.